All right, Fritz Bergen at bloodandfaith.com. And uh, I ran across a little treasure today as I was researching one of my favorite topics, which is the Jews. And I said to myself, I need to dig into this and figure out where the Jews came from. And I was, you know, the best way I do that is I, I go to the Holy Scriptures and I'll do a word search and go to BibleGateway.com and just type in Jew and see what shows up. And it turns out that the history of the Jews in the Bible starts about the time they are uh, in exile in, in Babylon and beyond. And this uh, accords with the uh, secular history I've written as well, the history of the Jewish people by the Jews themselves, let's put it that way. Um, but the Bible certainly talks about that. The biggest uh, entree into the topic of Jew or Jews is Ezra and Nehemiah, which happens after the Babylonian exile. And that corresponds to the theme that I've, I've seen in research where Judaism really emerges out of that exile in Babylon. And then the story of um, Esther. All right, the story of Esther. Now, I went back and I read Esther today. And I was completely amazed at what I saw. I saw some things in there that I had never seen before. Normally when one reads that story, and I've always been this way, one is a cheerleader for the Jews. It's like, you know what, this is really exciting that these people are trying to murder the Jews, and the Jews defend themselves, and they come out on top. And certainly this is the way the Jews read the story themselves, and that's why they have, well, if you read the book, they invented a whole new holiday, a whole new segment of their religion, uh, in in, in um, the story of Esther, the the festival of Purim, well, they where they slaughter their enemies. But there's some more insight that needs to be discussed and revealed and talked about there. First of all, there's no mention of God in this entire book. There's no mention of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, or Moses, or the law, or the commandments or the Lord, or the God. The Jews that are depicted in the book of Esther are a race, a nation that is jealously protecting their own perquisites and power. And understandably so. I mean, I would too if somebody was trying to murder me and wipe out my race in that particular empire. This was in the Persian Empire that the king Ahasuerus and he ruled the Persian Media Empire from India all the way through current-day Iran down into Ethiopia, according to the scriptures. And he ruled from the capital of Susa, and this capital of Susa is in western Iran today. It's a town uh, that still exists, and it's in western uh, Iran. Uh, and I was, I was back reading the scriptures today, and, and I, was, you know, I saw earlier that, that <laughs> when the Lord punished the sons of Israel. He says, I'm going to move you to Babylon and beyond. Well, this is even beyond Babylon. It's farther east from Babylon. And the Jews were living there. They were spread, spread around that, that kingdom. They were in, in many different, of the 127 different provinces. And there was a man there by the name of Mordecai. And there was a man there by the name of Haman. And bottom line is Haman didn't like the Jews. He wanted to get rid of the Jews. So he tells the, the, the king, as Hazarus, he says, listen, you need to get rid of the Jews. Well, it, it turned out that this, this king, this monarch, he had 
essentially married a, a Jew, a Jewess, and she became part of, she was called his queen, she was part of his harem, was part of his, his queen. And when this happened, nobody knew she was a Jew. Nobody knew that. This is very interesting to me. It's very fascinating. So you have Mordecai, who hears that there's going to be this you know, beauty pageant because the previous queen did not please the king. There's going to be this beauty pageant. And so we... Anyway, he, um, <laughs> he puts forward his cousin because she was a beautiful woman, beautiful in form and face and figure. Beautiful gal, no doubt about it. And she says, hey, there's a beauty pageant. You need to go enter this beauty pageant. You might end up being the, the queen's consort or the king's consort. You might be the wife. You could, at least you're going to be in this harem. That's a very beneficial position. Uh, she was an orphan. She was being raised by her cousin. And uh, now this is interesting to me. This is interesting to me. So you've got a person that's a Jew. There's absolutely no reference whatsoever to the Holy Scriptures in this entire book. No, no reference to, to God. No reference to God whatsoever or the covenant or the Ten Commandments or the patriarchs. And if we remember everything that we've read in, in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and so on, this was a, an insular race. And, and they had been warned frequently. I said, you don't mix in marriage. You don't marry outside your race. You marry each other. And this goes all the way back to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's just it's foundational to understanding these people. Well, clearly, if you're a Jew and, and the Hazarus is a Persian, that's not, you're not marrying into your own kind. And this didn't seem to bother the Jew Mordecai, didn't even enter into his calculation. In fact, nobody even knows that his, his niece is, is, is a Jewess. So there's, there's hint number one. What happened to the idea that you're supposed to Marry within your race. I mean, I thought, I thought that was rather interesting. And there's no reference to God whatsoever. So she becomes the chosen uh, bride of, of this pagan king. There's no indication whatsoever that Ahasuerus served God in, in any way, shape, or form. Haman says, look, we've got to kill the Jews. Ahasuerus says, yeah, fine, kill the Jews. And then this is found out, and then eventually... Mordecai, he, he tracks down his cousin. And he says, listen, <laughs> don't think you're going to get out of this. You're a Jew. I'm a Jew. We're a Jew. We're all Jews. And they're going to figure out that you're a Jew and you're going to die too. Now, this is very interesting. This is very interesting for a generally a cosmopolitan people that, um, you know, we're citizens of the world and, and, and surely your loyalty is to your country and your nation and you're married to the king. But when push comes to shove, Mordecai tells Esther, listen, you need to be loyal to your race, the race of the Jews. Don't think they're not going to figure out who you are and kill you. So anyway, Esther says, okay, I, I'll do something about this. So she asked the Jews to fast and pray, but it doesn't say pray to God. There's no recording of, of any prayer whatsoever. And many people... Many people pray. People pray and people fast all the time. You don't have to be a, a, a Christian to fast. Hindus fast, Native American, everybody fasts. So they went on a three-day fast. 
There's no indication that they cried out to God. None, no indications whatsoever that they cried out to the Almighty God. But they fasted, which, you know, is not, nothing unique about that. And she approaches the king. And to make a long story short, um, she rats out uh, Haman. <laughs> she rats out Haman. And she says, yeah, this guy Haman, you know, he's trying to kill the Jews. And, oh, by the way, I'm a Jew. Very interesting to me. So as long as she was doing well and she was the queen, she didn't want anybody to know that she was a Jew. This is very interesting. Uh, she was invisible, okay? Nobody noticed that she was a Jew. As long as she had all the power and privilege that she wanted, she just faded in the background. She's just one of the club. But as soon as she was threatened, she plays the victim card. Understandably so. Oh, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew, and they're going to try to kill me. Understandably so. I got it. But this goes to you know what, what I've been saying in, in other podcasts. As long as they got the power, nobody's supposed to notice that they're Jewish. But when it was useful, they said, oh, well, I'm Jewish, and we're being persecuted. And they were. There's no question about it. But it's interesting. They don't want people to notice when they got the power and the influence. And again, Esther was the same way. And this is this this applies to 2023. Not supposed to notice that the CEOs of <laughs> Pfizer <laughs> that's killing us is Jewish. Not supposed to notice that. But then if you say that they are, then it's like, oh well, you can't say that because it's anti-Semitic. This goes all the way back to the story of Esther. You're not supposed to notice that that she's Jewish until boom. We're, we're victims. All right, and so Haman is dealt with. He's hanged from a gallows. And then Esther uses her influence with the king of the empire to turn the tables on their enemies, and they go out and they begin slaughtering by the thousands those whom they hate, those whom they feel is a threat to them. Now notice, please notice in this story, there's no evidence in the story whatsoever that anybody laid a hand on any Jew whatsoever. There's, there's, there's the assertion that uh, illegal laws were filed, that laws were in place to attack the Jews on a certain day, but it never happened. And I'm not saying that, that Ahasuerus didn't uh, put these laws into place. I'm sure he did. Nevertheless, nobody, nobody had touched them. And yet, when the Jews got the chance, they turned around and they did unto others that which was not done unto them. And they began slaughtering their enemies over and over and over and over by the hundreds and by the thousands. So wonderful in their eyes was this experience that they said, you know what, we're going to have a national holiday. It's going to be called Purim. And we're going to celebrate the slaughter of our enemies. And it's going to be mandated uh, as a celebration throughout our generations from now on. Now, this celebration of Purim has nothing to do with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, the Levites, the high priests, the law, or the prophets. It has nothing to do with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moses. Nothing to do whatsoever with them. This is about 
the exaltation of the race, and that's fine. I got it. I get it. I, I, I'm right there with them if I was a Jew. But again, I'm trying to understand these people and where they're coming from. And this is a key book, absolutely a key book. So in this book of Esther, God is not even in the picture. It's a loyalty to their own people and their own race above everybody else. It's a willingness to slaughter their enemies, physically slaughter their enemies, even if their enemies have not slaughtered them. It's a secular and racial loyalty to each other and to one another. And uh, that becomes, indeed, the heart of Judaism in the heart of the character of the Jews. We're not just, you know, good little uh, Persian uh, citizens. No, no, no. Number one, we're loyal to our race. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm, I'm studying this and learning this and passing it on so you have an understanding of where they're coming from and who they are. Um, God's not even in the picture in the book of Esther. There's no appeal to the covenant. There's no appeal to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's like, this is our religion now. We look out for ourselves above all else, above all other peoples, and that means killing other people. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to celebrate this murder of our enemies with the celebration of Purim. Completely outside of anything that Moses ever taught. I think this is important as we continue to cover this topic. And uh, we'll be more, I'm going to have to write up on this and, and uh, There'll be more on this in the future. Fritz Bergen of bloodandfaith.com.